It's about building businesses consecutively, not congruently. So build one up, get into a stable cash flow source, and then you can consider starting something else. Hey, this is Yarrow. Before I press play on today's episode of the EJ podcast, I'd like to invite you to download the latest version of my Blog Profits Blueprint, a free report available in audio and written text that will take you through an A to Z guide on how to set up a blog designed to be your main online marketing channel. I'll teach you how to grow your email list. I'll teach you how to grow your brand. And most importantly, how to make sales of your products and services using the power of blogging. It's been downloaded over 150,000 times already and is the starting point for many of the most popular bloggers you know today. You can get it for free from blogprofitsblueprint.com. Hello, hello, hello. This is Yarrow and welcome to another solo episode of my podcast. I was having a conversation or really a mastermind session with a friend of mine named Matt here in Vancouver yesterday and it was a, a really important topic that uh, dealt with an issue I've had to deal with uh, several times over my entrepreneurial career and it's something that I suspect pretty much all entrepreneurs deal with so I thought it'd be great for us to talk about it in today's episode of the podcast because uh, no doubt you've probably dealt with this or you're going to come up against it at some point in the near future. So what exactly am I talking about? Well, it's all about idea selection but not in the sense of you trying to find a money-making niche, but more about you trying to figure out which of your ideas is the one you should pursue. And is it possible to pursue multiple ideas at once? And this is a question you need to address at different stages of your entrepreneur life as well, because you know it's not gonna go away. You're an entrepreneur. You love to think about ideas probably all day. You probably keep seeing ideas as you live your life. You just can't help, you know, see a problem that you want to fix and you could build a business around it. Or maybe you come across a piece of technology. I know this happens a lot uh, to me, certainly back in my early days as well. I'd come across some new tool. I can remember the first time this ever happened to me it was with the one shopping cart uh, platform. It was called Marketer's Choice as well back then. And it was the first time I came across a, an all-in-one one marketing platform for doing email marketing, for taking payments, for managing your affiliates. Uh, all of it was in this one system, uh, kind of like what Infusionsoft or Entreport or even like Kajabi and a lot of the tools do today. But it was one of the first. And it was the first time I had seen something like that. And I was like, wow, I can do so much with this. I can segment emails. I can make unlimited products. So I had, you know, ideas running through my head just because I saw this software. Uh, obviously, you know, the, I didn't have the audience there. I didn't have products ready or anything like that. But it made me think about these things. And, and that is common. It gets triggered a lot just because you're entrepreneurial. Now, the challenge here is the first time this will probably happen to you is before you have any successful business. So this is actually one of the most difficult times because obviously you don't have money. You don't have cash flow coming in. So I will you know, pretty much state the facts. If you have no cash, 
either you know no investment capital none of your own capital uh you're bootstrapping whatever the case may be there's no extra money or free money that you're going to use to build your business with then you simply can't build multiple businesses at once it doesn't even make sense to do that i mean i'm sure there's people who will try and kind of defy me and i've done it too you know people do go out there and start multiple websites start multiple businesses and i'm sure there's a few that make it work but on average, since there's so much concentrated effort needed to make one business work, uh, going out there and trying to make two or three at the same time work is it's just making your, your odds much worse. You're more chance that you'll fail at all of them than succeed at one of them. Uh, this is actually a, a topic I've addressed over the years many times for blog niche selection because it is quite common for bloggers to want to start multiple blogs and you know they want to talk about multiple subjects uh you want to cover you know different areas of different industries and you don't know which one is the one you feel will take off and become a successful business so you feel like starting three blogs or two blogs or you know maybe you can manage that maybe you can write to multiple blogs or find a way to make them both work now for most people that just doesn't work and it doesn't make sense because imagine the most important thing you need is content and you've got two blogs and you've got only one you with one set of time to create content you have to decide which of these blogs today am i going to write an article to now you might say well i've got time to write two articles and i can do one on each but really if you want a blog to succeed it would be smarter to then write two articles for the one blog and give that blog the best chance of becoming successful because it's getting more content so you know that's the simple argument against doing multiple blogs now one of my most famous friends from the very early days of my blogging is Albors Fala, who you might know from Car Advice. He started a car blog shortly after I started my blog. We used to work together in Brisbane at the University of Queensland at the help desk uh, in the library. And that's where we first met. And that's where he first saw me start my blog. And he shortly after started his. And that blog went on to become a multi-million dollar business it still is today it's that they've got like 30 40 employees board of directors it's offices in sydney and melbourne it's a huge company now but back then when albos first started he also came up against that decision what topic do i want to cover and unlike i guess the advice i give to people he went against that and i uh, to be fair i i don't think i was giving that advice back then because i did not consider myself a blog teacher yet. I was only just starting my own blog. And he went and started three blogs, one on, on cars, which would ultimately become car advice, another one on the Windows Vista operating system, which uh, pretty much you can figure out how old <laughs> this is because Windows Vista was from over a decade ago. Uh, and then um, actually even more than over a decade ago. And also a blog, essentially a, a going out and eating dinner kind of blog, like a restaurant review blog for our, our home city in Brisbane. And I think he started the other two because, you know, he liked uh, Windows and, and uh, this was a new operating system coming up. So he wanted to cover it. And he also went out for dinner a lot and he wanted to write, you know, reviews of, of his food and the experience. And that often, you know, did well in search engines too. But he loved cars. So he started all three at the same time and he did have that problem. I remember, you know, what, looking at all three blogs and sort of noticing that his car blog seemed to get most of the content. He did write for the other two. And I remember the restaurant website did okay because it was good for local search. Uh, but at the end of the day, he, you know, didn't have enough reviews to really 
turn that into a booming business and the Vista site really didn't take off at all. Well, the car site was getting more attention. It was getting more search traffic as he wrote about more cars. And uh, very quickly, actually, within a matter of months, there was an obvious winner. Now, you might think that's an experiment. Why not do a split test, right? Call it a blog topic split test where you create two blogs and Whichever one takes off or does the best is the one you chase. Not a bad argument, except for the fact a blog to complete a split test and really say you've been conclusively testing an idea would require a lot of resources, a lot of content, a lot of marketing, and you know really put something out there. Um, and the same goes for any kind of business. If you let's say you want to split test two different business ideas at the same time, you've got the same challenge there. How do you? Go and effectively, you know, launch two startups at the same time. Try and get customers for both. Build websites for both. Um, you know, go out there and, and do marketing. Uh, come up with a sales process. Build email funnels. Actually, create a product or a service or whatever it is. All these things for two ideas to try and figure out which one is best. What would most likely happen is your test would be inconclusive because you just don't have the capability to put the energy and resources into say you have tested to the the level required to reach a conclusion you just probably haven't done enough marketing to say this is a good or not a good idea and that's not what you want you don't want to be making a decision because you think you've you know put in a month or two into a a blog or a, a new business and you know it didn't work Usually, you know, really to get conclusive evidence, you have to ask yourself, how much effort did I make to try and sell this product or this service? You know, how, how many people did I put it up in front of who said yes or no? That's the ultimate deciding factor. Do people want what you're ultimately selling? And that takes a bit of effort and time to build up. So you can't kind of do that, especially during the early stage. So my advice to you and my simple conclusion, if you are a person who is at that first stage of choosing a business or building your first business, or maybe it's not your first business, but you don't have money, okay? You're, you're, you're cash flow poor. There's no cash in the bank that you can use as capital for the starting of this business. Uh, you know, it's not going to last. You really have to focus on one idea, go all in, go hard. Now, the challenge, of course, then is which one do you choose? Now, that's a different topic. I'm not going to go into how to choose a good business idea. This really is a, a podcast on when and how is it possible to run or pursue multiple business ideas at once. Um, obviously, if you want advice on you know, what is the best topic for a blog. I've got tons of content on that. You can go grab a download of my blog Profits Blueprint report. I cover it in there. You can uh, take my platform launch plan webinar. Uh, that will that covers it in there. And of course, if you really want my, my detailed training about all of this, you can uh, join my Blog Mastermind program. And uh, I go over topic selection in that and, and my membership site, the Laptop Lifestyle Academy. Uh, we can talk about it in there. But what really matters here for today's episode is how can you run or potentially pursue multiple ideas at once? So the answer, I believe, for that first phase is you don't and you shouldn't. And it really never makes sense to do so uh, unless there's a way for you to get the resources somehow and that's usually money that's why if you don't have money you can't do it now if you've got a million dollars in the bank and you're prepared to spend it you know some of it 
maybe not a million, maybe you only need a hundred thousand, but you know, let's say you're willing to put in uh, five to ten thousand dollars for each business, then or or for one of them at least, then you know, sure, you can hire a bunch of people to start working on things, and you, it's not going to take as much of your time. So you could pursue both both ideas at once. Um, but even then, I would argue it's potentially not a smart idea, and it would make more sense to still pursue the one first idea. Um, and put the money towards that one idea because it's always about concentration of resources. So if your time, your energy and your money is all going into one project, there's much more likelihood that that project will succeed versus divvying it up across multiple projects because then you're just weakening the effectiveness of those resources because they're they're being divided. Now, the question then becomes when, if ever, should you pursue multiple businesses at once? Now, obviously, this is something entrepreneurs have done and continue to do to this day. You know, there's some very big examples. You can look at uh, the billionaire examples of a Richard Branson or a, um, a Warren Buffett, who both are essentially running or at least part of multiple businesses. Warren Buffett in particular, you know, he's got a ridiculous portfolio of all kinds of different businesses, you know, really a huge variety. But he didn't start most of those businesses. In fact, I think he didn't start any of them except for perhaps, you know, the very original uh, investment company, Berkshire Hathaway. Well, it wasn't called that at the beginning, but that was his thing. And um, same with, you know, Richard Branson. You can go back in time and say, yes, he actually started Virgin Records and he actually started Virgin Airlines. But after that, you know, things start to still have his uh, participation and the Virgin brand, but it starts to be more about other entrepreneurs sort of driving those companies, you know, his partners and maybe his the leadership team he puts in place. They grow those companies. He might be involved because he's always been involved with, you know, the crazy marketing campaigns. But you can even look at someone like Tony Robbins, who frequently mentions he's got 30 something businesses that he owns, but you know, he's not actually, you know, waking up every day and actually running 30 businesses. It's not possible. So, Let's bring this back a bit, though. And obviously, these guys are further down the line. They're well-established. They've been able to do this primarily. And this is really where we're heading here, primarily because of cash flow and, and equity and you know capital. Usually, the way you can uh, start some kind of second or third or fourth or fifth business is because you have some kind of resource to sink in then in there. And it's not based on your time. You know, you might be starting it up with a little bit of meetings here and there, but the people running it are doing it mostly without you. The money being spent is, you know, being invested and being used. It's not your money sometimes, maybe it is, but it's resources from other people, not you. So let's take it back to make this relevant for us. Now I've I've faced this decision many times myself where I've actually got some success in a business and this is probably what's important first to cover we need to connect the dots here so let's go forward and imagine you have chosen your idea hopefully you have and you've already built a business that's making money so let's let's you know dream big and you've succeeded and you've got cash coming in you're paying your own bills you build a business that actually has maybe extra money as well so you're maybe thinking what can i do with it that's when you might be thinking start another business so what you need to address at this point is answering the question of what happens to your successful business when you take a bit of your time and a bit of your money out of it and work on a second business. So I would argue that's the time when you can potentially consider running another business even though you have one going already. So really the way to look at this decision, first of all, is do not do businesses 
concurrently, do them consecutively. Which that by that I mean, don't try and start two at the same time. Build one, automate it, get it cash flow positive, turn it into a money making machine. You know, most importantly, feel like you've actually uh, explored that business and built it to the point where either you've ex- you know really extracted all the value you can from that market and become a leader, or maybe you've put in place other people who are who are doing that now for you, or you've reached the point where it's stable. It's running itself. You've got a team going. You're not interested maybe in pushing it and pushing it to the next level, the next level, but you need it for the you know, your survival. It's paying your bills and you want you need it to keep running. You don't want to give it up. But you personally, from your own interest's sake, you might have you know lost passion for it and you want to take a step into another business. That, to me, I think is a way more common outcome. I know I've dealt with that probably about two times significantly in my own entrepreneurial career. So it's not like I felt I had done everything I could with my my existing business, but what I did was build it up to something that was making money and reasonably hands-off for me. And I can think of two instances of that. Obviously, if you know my story, you know my editing company, uh, Better Edit. That was the first time I built a business that essentially reached the point where it ran itself. It wasn't a million dollar company, but it did bring in a full-time income for me without me really doing anything. I, I checked, uh, sort of made management decisions with my, my uh, team uh, maybe once or twice a week. Most of the time I had my entire day free. So I had money coming in, a company that ran itself, and I had the opportunity to start something new. Now, I didn't consciously think about starting something new in a specific area, but that's actually when I did start blogging. And there's no way I could have made blogging work if I was still heavily involved with my editing company. So my editing company is actually the reason why I became a blogger and was able to succeed because I didn't have to worry about blogging being my income stream quickly. In fact, I didn't even think of it becoming my full-time income stream when I first started. I was just exploring this new medium and I had ample time to do so because I built a business that was already paying my bills. And that's the really, really important point. I don't think anyone should start a second business until they've automated, systematized, turned their existing business into a cash flow source that you know at least has removed 80% of their time. They don't need to spend, uh, maybe, they still, maybe you still need to spend 20% of your day making sure that business runs, but you freed up 80% of your time and you still have your, all your financial needs met. That, that's a nice situation to be in because it does give you the freedom to go, okay, I can start that other business I wanted to start. But you really have to be confident that your current business is going to run itself. You know, you haven't built something that's so reliant on you that as soon as you step away, immediately income starts diving and very quickly it's no longer covering your bills. It's, it's no longer consistent and stable. So, you know, my editing company was, uh, is, was very stable and it was a great business because it never relied on me to do any of the editing. So as long as the website was still getting good search rankings, as long as the posters were going up, and that was actually one of the only things I still did sometimes was, you know, maybe once a week head out and put up some posters on a campus. But that was four hours every two weeks. It wasn't a lot of time. And that's what kept the business going. Fast forward after I then, as you know, we got into blogging. 
I was very focused on setting up my blog business to become something that was more hands-off too. I, I didn't you know, want to see myself writing 10 blog posts a day for eight hours a day. As much as I love writing, I don't love writing for eight hours a day. It, you know, I'd be burnt out. It'd be you know, crushing me. So um, I was looking how to turn the business model of blogging into a systematized one that I could sort of do the parts I enjoy, which might be writing an article and recording a podcast like I'm doing for you now. I get to enjoy the, the teaching and sharing ideas, but I do it once a day for maybe an hour or maybe even only a couple of, a couple of times a week for a couple of hours. So, and that's, that's very much what I aimed for and within a couple of years started to get that lifestyle. Now, obviously, again, I'm not going to go into how to build a blog that runs itself and, you know, build a system around it and ultimately create a, another laptop lifestyle business, which is what I did and which is what I still very much have today. I have a, a blog business that's got products that sell without me. It's got marketing campaigns that run without me. It's got traffic sources that come in every day without me. So it's an automated laptop lifestyle business. And again, that gives me the freedom to think about other opportunities and also the financial resources to think about other opportunities. So that's the key point. Again, it's about building businesses consecutively, not congruently. So build one up, get into a stable cash flow source, and then you can consider starting something else. Now, to me, that's actually the most important factor. And unfortunately, what I often come up against with uh with coaching, with mastermind sessions. And, and this, this the, the really rough part about this is this is usually with very successful people. So, you know, at the start, sure, there's a lot more people who just never build a successful business that I, I come up against and I work with. And, you know, it's, it's hard to build a business that succeeds. So I think there's always going to be a majority of people who are still stuck at the I, I haven't built a business that works yet. But then there's another bunch of people who are hard workers, talented, found a niche, made something work, built up a business that uh, made money and, and works and, and may have done so for a number of years. It could be you know, five, 10 years. We could be talking a decade here where they've been running this business. It's been you know supporting their life. Maybe it's not been a proper laptop lifestyle business very likely it hasn't been like they haven't been able to set up the systems or find the people they need and because of that they've always been a very crucial cog in the wheel that is that business so they can't really step away whether you know it's because they're personally delivering the value maybe they're the consultant or the service provider or the the person building something um, or maybe they just needed to coordinate everything you know they've, they've never been able to either hire someone to run the business without them or they haven't built the systems to run without them so every day they have to go in there and you know guide the team and tell people what to do and consult with uh potential customers and take phone calls and, and that sort of thing and, and that's common especially during a ramp up phase and it's actually quite difficult to transition to turning a business into something that runs itself that's why we've got books like the e-myth and we've got a lot of uh, people who uh, essentially teach other entrepreneurs how to systematize and automate and build teams because it's a challenge and it's like the next level challenge after you've built a successful business is extracting yourself from it on some level and that's important because it allows you to either consider selling that business so you know leave with a nice big um, capital win you know when you get acquired or let it run as a cash cow business while you step away to potentially start another business so the the real um the real challenge here is is if you do 
and I hope you do, I, I love hearing about it, you build something successful and it's making money, but chances are at some point you will be more excited about another business idea or less excited about continuing to do the role you do in your current business. There's a, there's a period where you're you know, a startup founder of a new online business and it's fun, it's exciting, you're making your first sales, then you make your first full-time income, you, know, you, you start building your team and that's all fun. And then maybe you know, six, seven, eight years, you're getting tired of doing whatever it is you, you've been doing for that business. Maybe you know, you're sick of having to always sell something or uh, I know a lot of people in my space they just get tired of dealing with clients. Or they just get tired of always having to push on webinars or you know, always having to update products, always having to write yet another email. You know? So those things eventually lead to the desire to do something else. Now that's when the thoughts come, can I sell this business? Uh, what happens if I you know, step away? How do I keep paying my bills, support my family? Uh, what situation am I in? So that's what you have to deal with first. And again, I'm not going to be teaching you systemization and automation in this podcast. Uh, I cover that in certainly in my Laptop Lifestyle Academy training. I talk about systems uh, in the end of my blog mastermind flagship course as well. And you know how to how to basically build email funnels that run themselves, so your your products are selling without you proactively being part of that sales process. Um, but there's a lot more to it too. Hiring people, you know, we have some training inside the academy about building a, a contract freelancer team, so you can travel and you know step away, and that's a big topic and something that you know can't can't uh, diverge onto now in, in this podcast. But again, assuming you go through that process and you pull it off, then and only then do you find yourself potentially in this situation where you can start a second or third or whatever number of business you're up to. And that's what I'd like to kind of talk about in the, this sort of final half of the podcast is how can you make a uh, basically become a serial entrepreneur and, and how I've done that over the years and look at the different ways to do it. Now, there are instances where some of the methods I'm going to present to you can be uh, attempted even when you haven't fully extracted yourself from your first business. What you might find you do and this is very much what I was talking about with my friend Matt yesterday. He has uh, a business that has been very successful in previous years, but he's getting tired of doing the main functions that lead to it being successful. Uh, but he needs the cash flow from that business. And it's not in a position that he can sell it right now. It's not you know automated or running without him enough to sell it. And he doesn't feel like doing the hard work that he did like the last 12 months to get it back to where it was because he's excited about a new idea. He wants to step into another business idea. So it's a common situation. You've got something that works well, but doesn't work well enough without you, but you want to step into something else. Now, when you're in that situation, there's usually two options, uh, maybe three, but the, 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 the obvious first option is just to go, okay, I know I'm gonna have to do one more year or maybe two more years of this business and not be able to start the new business that I'm excited about just yet. What I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to build now my current business to ultimately run as much as it can without me. You know, maybe you've never focused on that enough. So now you're thinking, okay, I, I've personally been doing live webinars. That's what drives our sales. I need to find a way to have that be done by someone else or use recordings, you know, use technology to do it. 
maybe you've got a sales process that's you know heavily involves you you're doing phone calls all day to convert customers you have to think about bringing on people to run those phone calls maybe same with traffic sources you know perhaps you've been running all your facebook ad campaigns by yourself now you have to look at someone who can come on board and take that over so it's all about spending whatever it is the next 6 12 18 24 months turning that business into as much of an automated without you machine as you can now maybe you can't fully extract yourself but if you can get yourself down to that point where you know you're only doing 10 or 20 percent of your time on that business and it still produces the level of income you need then you freed up enough time that you can begin your next business you could even push it so far that you can get it up to the point where it's sellable so that's the other option so you either automate it and let it run itself automate it sell it to someone else so you get a clean break you get a capital injection and you can start your new business so those are the very common uh answers unfortunately some people just cannot push themselves to work yet again on a business they're so tired of so the idea of spending another maybe year or maybe two years on automating systematizing and you know working this business is just horrible and and, um life draining so you know that you don't want to do it now in that situation you've always got the potential to sell your business as is it may not be sellable at all in which case you might have to consider closing it down completely Um, maybe you can sell it for a little bit of money and that very much puts you at a point where you're almost like right at the beginning you know you don't have a a business making money so you're starting up again like maybe where you were 10 years ago and that can be a depressing thought but sometimes is what you need is just to liberate yourself from an idea completely by closing down a business that just takes too much of your energy and time and you don't want to be there anymore the other option and this is frequently i think a smart one is to look for a partner to take over what you're doing um, you know a lot of people think I don't want to give away my business I, I'd rather just you know find someone to run it for me a contractor an employee that's I was an option but in my experience if you really want to bring on a motivated individual uh, finding some kind of partner is one of the smartest things you can do because they can step in feeling like they're working towards ownership now obviously you don't just hand them ownership for nothing you tell them you know, we're, we're going to do like a handover process where you're going to come in, you're going to learn the ropes, you're going to prove your worth, see that you can run this business, make it work. Um, we'll, we'll split money based on what you bring into the business and what you do for the business, but you're not getting ownership yet. But what you can do is look at them, you know, maybe becoming owners as they develop and become the actual manager of the company and uh, you know potentially go as high as giving them half of your company but they run it 100 percent without you and possibly build it up to the point where they get it acquisition ready and that frees you up a lot quicker than you doing that process so it's worth thinking about it's not a bad option it's obviously a big decision because a partnership is like a marriage you don't just jump into it but that does give you an option to still keep your system your your current functioning business potentially growing uh, without you being the main energy driver of it yes there'll be a transition period a handover period but that's more likely to be three to six months rather than you spending two years to do it all yourself to get it up to that point where you might be able to sell it or you know automate it so that's kind of what you can do if you're in that situation excuse me with with a business that's working but still heavily reliant on you Um, the other option that is always on the table especially if you have some kind of resources is in particular money (laughs) so you know if you've been working away at a business and you've built up some investment capital or or capital in general there is an opportunity to start 
second and third and fourth businesses um, by you being more the silent investor or the you know strategic consultant advice person slash investor and this is something that i've uh, done a few times over the years so the first time i ever did this kind of uh, second business startup it wasn't much of a second business in terms of completely new topic or new industry but what i did was uh, and those of you who follow me for a long time will know this story but back after i'd had some success already blogging and i'd released my first two products um, I met a, a, a person who became a good friend of mine, uh, Gideon Shalwick, and he was an early day pioneer in, in the world of videos online. And I loved what he was doing with videos. So I saw this opportunity, first of all, just to test whether we can work together and, and see how good he is at what he does. So we did like a, a $5,000 video creation project to create 10 free how to set up a blog videos to give away to my audience. And, and when I approached Gideon, I didn't think this is going to be a business partnership. I thought, let's just see how well we work together. And, and, and more importantly, how uh, my, my people the, or the world, my industry, my audience reacts to these free videos. You know, remembering that YouTube was very new. There wasn't uh, free videos on absolutely everything yet. So Gideon went away and created these 10 videos and they were fantastic. We released them on a website and they did really well. And we always mention if they did really well, then maybe we should look at creating a product around this same topic, uh, just expanding on it, basically teaching blogging, but through video. So my blog mastermind program was probably the first ever written course uh, on how to make money blogging. Gideon and I combined to create Become a Blogger, the first ever video course, I'd say, on blogging. And a lot of bloggers today, possibly you as you listen to this, have gone through one or both of those training programs as one of your starting points to get you going and you know learn how to blog and grow an audience and make money. So um, Gideon and I did a partnership to, I mean, we, we effectively created a second business. It may have felt a lot like my current business because it wasn't a new topic. It was essentially the same topic with a new format, new media. But for all intents and purposes, that was a partnership that uh, we went into, certainly from a corporate structure. Gideon and I were 50-50 partners and the, you know, the money we split from it, we made decisions together. But the very early days of building that sort of second arm of my teaching business with Gideon in a partnership, Gideon did the, the, the heavy lifting. You know, he created the videos. He got our membership area set up. I brought in what I had already established, an email list with a, a, a hungry audience who loved this content and were willing, some of them were willing to spend money to uh, buy a course. So that was something that's very important because, you know, you could build a course but have no customers, which possibly would have happened to Gideon if you tried to do it without me. But I didn't personally have the time to go and learn and create a video training program myself. So Gideon brought a very important thing, his skill set and his time. So that's what we connected on. And that allowed me to sort of still run my business because I was still writing blog posts, a daily, not daily blog post, but a weekly email to my list. Uh, I was still, you know, managing my team. We were doing customer support. I was still involved and I, I certainly didn't have the energy to go and start a whole new video training arm of my company myself. So I was able to do that with a partnership. And that essentially created a second business that we ultimately uh, used to generate a million dollars in sales over the next few years. It was wildly successful. And uh, we actually eventually passed it on to one of our best students, uh, Leslie Samuel, who to this day, still runs Become a Blogger. Uh, it's, his, it's his own company. 
Uh, he's got his own range of, of products and, and services around that. So uh, that was a great example of, I guess, an internal partnership. It's not like a new business in the sense it's more like a, an extension of your existing business, but within a partnership model. That happens a lot. You, you can find a lot of people will have a, a successful business and then they want to add maybe a, a software tool to it. I just finished doing an interview with um, a guest of mine who, uh, Corey Sanchez, and he he has done quite a bit with LinkedIn, including making software for helping people generate leads from LinkedIn. And I asked him, how does he you know, make this software? And frequently he partners with the development person or, or company. So, you know, they'd come on board as some sort of uh, revenue share or even ownership arrangement where that software company would build the tool and Corey and his business partner would bring the audience, the customers, the, the, the marketing and sales expertise. So it's another way for them to kind of you know, expand their business, potentially start a, another business in the partnership model with a, a technical firm or a technical person. But they get to get the advantage of building the software without having to pay for it or do it themselves. So that's another example. A lot of people do that. They add a software arm or they add a, a done-for-you services arm um, or even just start coming up with physical products. You know, How many times do some sort of successful personal brand start adding T-shirts and mugs and books to what was uh, purely a YouTube channel beforehand? So there's all kind of opportunities to do that. And I, I would call those almost like a... Um, uh, a vertical integration. So you're you're not leaving your industry to start something completely new. You're just finding new verticals within the market you've already built using partnerships, using people. So you don't have to get sucked into starting a whole new company, but you essentially get to start a whole new division in your company with a partnership. That can work really well. And I love that model because you've already got the audience. You're just providing them something more with help from a new partner great way to effectively start a second or a third or a fourth business the other way or i guess a, a more expanded version of that is to do a partnership in a completely new business and that's something that i've um, got going now too i actually have versions of all of these things i'm talking to you about going right now as i record this podcast we've got uh, a partnership within my existing company to sell to my existing audience something new and that's something we're internally beta testing right now. So that's that's an example of what I just taught you and explained to you, an internal sort of partnership to create a, a, a new division selling to the same audience. And then I've also got a partnership in a brand new market with a brand new business where I've essentially come in as the guy with capital and my partner is doing all the, the creation of the business in terms of the meetings, the uh, getting everything together, uh, that is in the solar energy market. Um, it's very much a startup. We're getting going in Ukraine. It's completely brand new for me. It's really exciting for me. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a physical business. It's not digital. It's not online. So it's a, a dramatic step away from what you'd call my entrepreneurial comfort zone to something new. I wouldn't even consider it, though, if I didn't have the, a couple of things. The capital that I'm prepared to lose if everything goes terribly. Obviously, you have to, as a startup founder, if you're putting in your own money, that is a, a real possibility. Um, and then the right partner, someone who has, uh, he's in the right life situation, who has the right contacts, the right motivation, all those things. So, you know, those are the things you really need to consider. But when you find that, 
you have the potential to start second, third, fourth businesses. And that's how you become the Richard Bransons and the Warren Buffetts. You know, you, you use your capital to start new projects with very talented people who can potentially go on to build businesses bigger and you know more profitable than the main one that you personally built. But you're a, a co-founder in something that you're not personally running or, or building. You just came in at the start with strategic advice and maybe cash. So that's an option but you can see the difference look at how different that decision is like there's no way i could have thought about doing this solar energy business if i go back 15 years to my early days and i'm trying to find my first cash flow source my first successful business you know i had to think smaller um and uh, within a wheelhouse that i was personally able to execute on you know i could not execute on a solo business unless i really really went in and educated myself on this whole new industry which was not something i was considering but i was very interested in online marketing and, and everything to do with digital business so i did go in there and educate myself and that's where my first businesses came from uh, so there really is an evolution when it comes to when and how you can build and go after second and third and fourth entrepreneurial projects now I really have to guess put a disclaimer on this there will always be an outlier or a few outliers who just go against all the wisdom i've been giving you here and somehow make it work you know they're just crazy talented crazy lucky uh, and they just manage to run multiple businesses all by themselves all at the same time and somehow they make some of them work uh, i just would not recommend that as your goal because really it's it's very difficult very unlikely and you can really enjoy tremendous success by i think the golden rule here building businesses consecutively not congruently because that allows you to establish cash flow establish capital establish partnerships establish connections establish expertise and go from one business as a platform to jump into the next one and that's a nice way to do it that's a more comfortable way to do it obviously you know don't throw all your eggs in something new because you don't want to blow, you know, blow up one business because you took all the money out of it to put into something new. Some people, again, do that. There will always be an outlier, those crazy people who just love to risk everything on a roll of a dice. And uh, often you only hear about the one or two people who succeeded it and you never hear about the few thousand or hundred thousand who failed. So be careful about you know, what, uh, what, what examples you're following because they may be incredibly rare and uh not likely so you know got to be careful with what you're modeling all right i think we're going to call this episode uh done and dusted as i've covered everything i wanted to tell you about uh running multiple businesses at the same time or having multiple uh, startup projects at the same time it's exciting i'm not going to lie to you i personally love the idea of having multiple businesses i love being you know in multiple industries uh, i love uh, obviously making money from multiple sources too and uh, and uh, one of the biggest ways you can jump to the next level of income the next level of success is by creating multiple businesses so it's it's a real platform for significant wealth building i think you'll find a lot of the biggest success stories people go from a, a level of success to another level to another level elon musk good example you know he, he starts his own first company maybe gets i think it was a 30 million dollar exit which then eventually led to PayPal, which was like a $100 million exit, which then eventually led to SpaceX and Tesla and, you know, and all those companies, which are now billion-dollar companies. So he's following that success ladder principle to use one company as the platform for the next. Now, I doubt he necessarily was 100% clear on how this was all going to happen, but by 
using companies as stepping stones, he really opens up some incredible opportunities for huge companies. And that's an option for us too, maybe not on the same level. Maybe it is, maybe you want to go that big. There's no reason why you can't take your, as I did, my $100,000 a year editing company, which freed me up to create this uh, you know, business that I've made several million dollars of in blogging, which is now allowing me to go and do another multi-million dollar business in the solar energy field. So you know, it's jumping and jumping and jumping. Uh, but yeah, be realistic, be rational, understand when is the time and the place to go after these opportunities. And uh, you know, get, get some coaching, get, get some masterminding help, get some mentoring, because some of these decisions are really difficult, especially if you're trying to figure out a way to perhaps extract yourself from something that has been working, but you don't love it anymore, but it still relies on you heavily. And that's a tough situation because you don't want to give up your income source. But the idea of doing what it does and you know running that business as it is now could be horrible for you. It could be like a nightmare to see yourself continuing down that path. So you have to tread carefully to you know secure and sustain income, but extract yourself for moving on to something you actually have passion for. Okay, that's it. Uh, I'm going to wrap up this episode of my podcast. My name is Yarrow. Thank you very much for listening to this. I'm just going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you on the next episode of my podcast. Bye-bye. Hi again, this is Yarrow. I'd like to take a moment now to invite you to take part in my flagship course. This is my big training program for people who want to launch a blog as a platform for your entire business. So essentially, it's the main marketing tool you use to build your brand, to grow your email list, and ultimately sell your products and services, which is what I've been doing for over a decade, and all my best case study graduate students have been doing as well. I teach you how to do this inside my Blog Mastermind 2.0 course, which is available now if you go to www.blogmastermind.com. On that page, I break down who the course is for, what's included in the program, how you get coaching from me, everything you need to know to decide whether Blog Mastermind is the right next step for you if you're in a situation to take advantage of the power of blogging as a marketing tool. Once again, that's blogmastermind.com. I'd love to see you in the current updated version of the program. I'll see you on the very next coaching call. Coming up on the next episode. If that's nights and weekends, that's the way it is. If it's because you go down to half hours, that's even better. If it's because you can turn your current employer into a client as a freelancer, that's probably the best solution if you can get that outcome. So those are your kind of options to begin with. And that's really the start of the transition to leaving a job and becoming an entrepreneur. Thank you for tuning in to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast the original Entrepreneur Interview Podcast, established in 2005. See you soon.